Welcome to Tricky Kid Radio. I'm your host, Roy Turner. Next to me uh, this week is my co-host and special guest, uh, Jay Skinner. Jay, welcome to Tricky Kid Radio. Hey, Roy. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. We're excited to be here, man. Fantastic. Well, we're excited to have you. Uh, our topic this week is going to be WrestleMania. Uh, here being in Dallas, uh, hosted WrestleMania uh, this weekend, and Jay and I actually had the pleasure uh, of attending WrestleMania. Uh, we were guests of Cricket Wireless, which was one of the main sponsors who were kind enough and, and, and generous enough and hospitable enough to put us up in their amazing suite wasn't that wasn't that something yeah man it was pretty incredible right there in the ring of honor suite man we got the best seats in the house in my opinion totally i i i can't tell you how grateful we were uh to them and uh and 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 what an honor it was to be a guest uh of theirs and uh so much to talk about about just that event not to mention what it meant for wrestling what it meant for the city of dallas um, just what it meant to us, man. <laughs> you yeah, know, but, uh, uh, so we're going to go over a lot of that. We're going to play some of Jay's music. Um, he's got a new single out. Jay, what's the, what's the name of your, of your, of your newest single? Uh, it's called, is it worth it? It's okay. a track that I did with a good friend of mine, Epiphany, uh, okay, good out deal. of, uh, out of Arkansas. Good deal. Jay is an underground hip hop artist and rhyme sensation, uh, out of Arkansas. Correct. Yes, sir. That's uh, it. Good deal. Okay. And uh, if anybody, you know, all your listeners out there know that, uh, or regular listeners of the show, you know that we love wrestling, we love hip hop, uh, and so Jay, we're honored to have you, and it's a privilege that you're here, and I'm, and I'm was so happy to be able to uh, to share that amazing moment at WrestleMania with you. Yeah, man, it was it was incredible for real. So let's let's go ahead and jump into it then. Okay, so what? Okay, so overall, okay, because you know. You had been that was that was uh, you'd been to one WrestleMania before because we because years ago I you know WrestleMania twenty five yes sir. okay and so it'd been seven years C- could you believe how much it had I mean not not that it was small then but could you imagine how much it had grown yeah I man it was insane how much that event has grown and just overtook the entire city oh uh, yeah exactly and that's just it it's kind of like you know like how the you know like how the Super Bowl works where a, a city is selected. And all that money is pumped into it. People travel from all over the world, uh, you know. But but I think it's even bigger because, you know, outside of the United States, I know there's people that care about the Super Bowl, but like mainly it's a, it's an American specific thing, right, right? Whereas WrestleMania is a global phenomenon. It really is, you know. Well, we walked into that stadium and we walked into that suite and we looked out and surveyed the scene. Well, what, what were your thoughts? Yeah, man, it was it was a uh, it's definitely one for the ages. You know, we we walked out and were able to look out, you know, over the uh, over the ring, over the new setup. You know, yeah. that's always a, such a big part of sure, WrestleMania. Sure, is the reveal. And, uh, yeah. yeah, man, it was it was it was a a spectacle at, at the least. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people, if you haven't been to AT and T Stadium, it's literally. You know, people call it Jerry World, or the you know, this is where the Dallas Cowboys play, of course, and or they call it. It looks like the Death Star from the outside. It's beautiful, <laughs> yeah, really so it's not ugly, but it just it just looks huge. And I used to live actually in the neighborhood that is now. Just to give you an idea how big it is. Right, like like right. it was a neighborhood that I used to live in. <laughs> yeah, it's no it's longer its own city. Yeah. It really is. There were, but like I said, it's not just the actual event itself. It's a it's a week-long event of all different different satellite events, you know, put on by the WWE. But at the same time, since the wrestling community globally, they all book their own events around it because they have the you know the captive audience of the entire wrestling you know community right there. So, and, that, and that's also another attraction is that sometimes people will go to the city where WrestleMania is and go do everything. But WrestleMania, <laughs> uh, which I'm not, of course, suggesting, but it's, uh, but you know, but it's sometimes because it, there's just there's so much to choose from. Maybe WrestleMania might be too expensive this year. Uh, you know, tickets were. Uh, I, I don't. I, I know. I, I remember hearing people telling me that uh, that you know it was too expensive to go. Uh, again, we were very fortunate to you know to be guests of, of Cricket Wireless, but but there's just so much you know that, that happens. So like for like like for example. Um, you know they do all this these, this community work that WWE does. They'll do, there was probably like a dozen. There was a be a star campaign. They went to the Ronald McDonald House. Um, I actually went to the Scottish Rite Hospital and was able to be a, be a part of that. There were 
uh, like Paige and I think AJ Styles was there. Um, there's a lot of those events. And then NXT, which has grown to its own freaking brand. Yeah. Like how crazy was NXT when NXT, we were there? Yeah, that was insane. Now you weren't familiar with NXT before. Huh? I was not. Yeah, I hadn't watched it, and, and you've been trying to turn it on, turn me on to it. That's right. That's right. So, what did you think when we, when we went to the to the takeover event at the convention center? What were, what were your thoughts of that? Yeah, man, I, I was not expecting that. You know, it was almost as big an event as WrestleMania itself. Well, the crowd was was just so ridiculous, passionate. And so dedicated. Absolutely. And it was neat for me to watch you because I'm very familiar with NXT. I, I'm actually, in my opinion, and a lot of wrestling fans, unfortunately, will, will tell you that, that they consider that to be a superior brand to the actual thing. Now, of course, you can't compete with 100,000 people in a stadium. And I don't think that NXT is is big enough to fill that a stadium that large. And, and it doesn't have the, the history to lend itself to the spectacle that, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you really couldn't picture the rock showing up at a NXT <laughs> oh, right, event. No right, matter. Right. See, a, a lot of the NXT fans kind of forget that, but I understand why they love it so much because it's, first of all, it's only an hour long instead of three hours. Raw is way too long to three hours. It drags. You can't keep anybody entertained for three hours. Okay. And then especially because it's three hours long, two hours and 20 minutes of it is commercials. It's an hour long. Everybody is young. It's got to get that punk rock feel. You know, it's not a it's not a coincidence that NXT fans are, are very young, vocal people. They identify with the wrestlers because they're closer in age to them. And every young person, you know, loves to kind of discover your favorite band. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the whole deal was that NXT is punk rock, Raw and SmackDown are Nickelback. <laughs> well, not, not exactly. Uh, but yeah, so there's, of course, you know, there's the, uh, so there was NXT, then there was the Hall of Fame, which I can't wait to talk about that. that that's my favorite. That is my, if we could go to any event, if I could only go to one, even WrestleMania, it's the Hall of Fame. Right, right. Uh, and so, but we're going to go ahead and jump into to, to WrestleMania now. So, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the Divas, uh, and you know, not not in the Jerry Lawler sense of the word. Uh, maybe a little bit of that, but I, I don't I don't think that they're that the division has ever been stronger and more powerful, and that has been it's not a coincidence. Uh, it took a, a conscious effort to uh, to make that happen, and uh, it, you know, and one thing I thought was so great was that Lita who was one of my all-time favorites, one of the best ever to do it. Still looking amazing. How amazing did she Dude, look? She was, she was on a, on a whole nother level. <laughs> I know. Right. And so what was great about that was, was that she was somebody from a different era and it's unfortunate because she really only had really one competitor in right. Trish Stratus. And, tr- Trish, yeah. and so the reason why she came out was because, and in my opinion, uh, AJ Lee who, in my opinion, is the best ever to do it. Even she, she was so pioneering and so unique and so just great, perfect backstory, kind of like Sasha Banks, uh, even more so actually. Uh, but she always kind of had a problem with it being the diva's belt, like the, the diva's belt. Kind of, you know, I could see that being someone insulting and the, the covers of butterfly. There's, there's, there's something kind of. I guess you can't say emasculating about it, but right. it's the whatever it's the, almost condescending, the, the female right. version of that. Uh, and so I think that they've been pushing for a while to like let's let's get the women's belt back. So when Lita revealed it, and it was basically it looks just like the world heavyweight title. It wasn't f- feminized or overly feminized, right. you know. I, I thought that was a, a, a wonderful sign of equality and respect and, uh, and a proud moment for them. And I was, I was happy to see that. Yeah, what, what, were, what were your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I grew up in an era, I wasn't as lucky to have all these great superstars. You know, when I was growing up, all the divas were, you know, they were supermodels. They couldn't really wrestle, you yeah, know, and, and stuff like that. And Lita came along and she was the first one to really revolutionize it for me you know, sure, sure. Uh, during my era and her and Trish, as you mentioned before, you know, they, they had their battles and everything right, like that. Right. And, you know, that was a great time to be around. And so to me, there's nobody better to present this woman's right. championship totally. than Lita. Absolutely. And you know, that's why, you know, you hear about Sasha Banks. Uh, she talks about her heroes and her, 
who she looked up to was wasn't a female. It was Eddie Guerrero. Right. Now I think that even if there were many many awesome female wrestlers during her time, she probably still would have been an Eddie Guerrero fan. It wasn't like she defaulted to it, but it was it was able to. Like she, she didn't identify with because they were having all these bra and panty matches. Right. And you know, and there's a place for that, but probably not in professional wrestling or or at least if you wanting to be respected and look at equals. And you can't blame those girls in a sense because they were just, you know, they don't book the matches and it's either do it or lose your gig. And and you know, I, I, I respect anybody that, that that said no and 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 refused. And, uh, and I respect, you know, anybody that, you know, at the same time, you know, kind of tried their best to kind of make it work. I mean, even Trish Stratus was in a, a couple of those and, and, and tried to make it, you know, as athletic as she could, you know. Um, speaking of which, I thought that was a wonderful tribute uh, when Sasha Banks, uh, who, in my opinion, is male or female. I think she's the best in the world. I, I know authority, but in terms of what. I know about wrestling and, and we saw many, many promotions. Uh, we, I, I think male or female, she's the best to do it. And so when she came out, cause she always wears shorts. And when she came out, she was wearing Eddie Guerrero's, uh, you know, and a, you know, her, her pants or tights, I would say were mm-hmm. designed as a tribute. They were identical to Eddie's when he won WrestleMania 20. Uh, I thought that was powerful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. An incredible tribute that she made to her idol growing right, up. Right. You know, and, and it's just so crazy because it's like, you know, she's got the perfect look. She's got a great backstory. You can just tell that she's just somebody you want to cheer for because she just seems just so decent. But it's like, you know, all that's great. But God, she's amazing in the rank. Like she, I for me, the triple threat match with her and Becky Lynch and of course, Ric Flair's daughter Charlotte. Uh, for me, that was the match I was most looking forward to because I know the backstory. I was in New Orleans at WrestleMania, and the three of them, okay, they were the ones that took off Triple H's mask for his entrance. They were the ring girls. That's insane. okay. They were no, they they were competitors, and you, and it's not an insulting thing. It, it's it's a, a lot of them start uh, have their first WrestleMania experience because. Like that. Um, if you remember, we'll get this later. Remember, we were talking to Diamond Dallas Page. He was talking. He goes, "Man, way back in WrestleMania six, if you remember, right, when we were, right, talking, when to we Dallas, were talking with Dallas, yeah, it, it, that he, you know, his car is what got the gig, and he <laughs> he drove the car down. So it was kind of like for Sasha, Becky, and Charlotte, it was a way to like put these three people at least at WrestleMania." Add on stage, just kind of give them a gig, you know, and also to see like this is what it's like to be in front of these people, and you know, just kind of make them a part of it. And then last year, they were sitting in the audience watching, to now being like you saw on the on the side, you know, on the side of the uh, of the of the stadium, right. They had their their they were plastered up onto the stadium in the middle, right. It's like the main event. You know, yeah, definitely um, one of the more hyped matches of the of the show. And I th- and I thought and I thought it delivered. What were what were your thoughts on that match? Yeah, man, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, definitely delivered. Uh, wasn't the outcome that I expected? I didn't think so either because because Sasha is so over. And I thought that with the reveal of the new belt, I thought that it would be a thing where, you know, like okay, we have a new belt, we need a new champion. Okay? <laughs> right. Okay. Right. And and Sasha is so over. Uh, Charlotte, bless her. Uh, you know, she looks great. She's, you know, she's Ric Flair's daughter right. and I, and she deserves to be known more than that, even though they, they force it on her. I mean, she comes out to his, to his music. I mean, he, she even, even tried to copy the, I understand it's an homage and intrude to the greatest. Her father's the fucking, uh, is the, is the, is the freaking greatest. Right. Right. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and so, but you know, there's that one thing where when, when Ric Flair had his last match with Shawn Michaels and he's there in the robe and she came out in the, in same, the same robe, robe. Around. her interest music is the same of his with like a techno beat. She does the figure four, she does the chop, and, you know, and I don't think, I think that they, they push that on her. I mean, and, and she's in really in no position to refuse. So I'd like to see what she could do outside of that. I definitely think she still has a lot of work regardless. Right. I, I definitely think that her, you know, her talking need her, you know, on the mic definitely needs some work. Um, 
And, you know, she's been champion for a while and hasn't really gotten over too much as a heel. Like, they're trying to, you know, work her. So, Sasha's so over. That was her moment. But I was just, but for me, rooting for her, I was I was happy that Sasha got that moment, got the WrestleMania moment. I was happy for all three of them. Yeah, absolutely. But but I, I definitely think that Sasha should have won, and not just because I'm, I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. And, and, you know, that was actually the first time I got to see her perform live. And, man, she, she delivered. She looks like an action figure. I mean, she really does. Like saying that she's attractive or hot is like saying that like Audrey Tattoo was hot in the movie Amelie. It just <laughs> it just doesn't quite satisfy. And you know she does have a great backstory. And, and underdog. Uh, speaking of dog, no pun intended. Uh, uh, but you know she, you know that that she's uh, she, Snoop Dogg's cousin, right? Yeah. And so you would think, oh, okay. So she's got like, you know, like, like when you compare her backstory to AJ Lee, AJ Lee would be like, no, uh, I lived in a, in a motel with my family out off of the New Jersey Turnpike. Okay. Um, you know, she had, but, but no, from what I understand, he was more of like of a distant cousin and, you know, cause she grew up in Boston and, uh, and did it on, on her own. I mean, she wouldn't even been able to go to wrestling school if it hadn't have been for her winning a contest, but she looks like an action figure. I mean, she just, she's just got it. Uh, but speaking of hip hop and everything else, whatever, I'm I'm excited for all of you, uh, our listeners, to hear the new track. Again, the name of the track it's called "Is It Worth It." Is it worth it? Okay, and uh, we're going to go ahead and play that right now. Uh, that's going to be uh, our song of the week. And uh, I'm also, you know, if you'll if you're if you're up for it, I'm going to have you do a little freestyle for us <laughs> here at the end of the show. Put here. me on the spot. I huh? am. I am. And uh, uh, you know, hey, we've hey we had we had Naughty by Nature. Uh, on and they completely killed so you know uh, i think from now on if they're gonna set the bar like that we're gonna push it even higher so this is is it worth it from jay skinner i've been so worried about tomorrow i forgot to think about today and it seems i'm always going to all this trouble Searching for the reason I've been putting all this work in. 
That was Is It Worth It by my guest this week, Jay Skinner. Now, Jay, who is the other voice on that track? You know, that was uh, Epiphany. Uh, he's based out of Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and okay. he's a bit of a legend. And so it was, it was kind of an honor to get to work with him. Fantastic. That, uh, you know, I grew up listening to his music. And, oh, wow. And now we're good friends. You know, we get to make music together. So it's, it's been cool, man. So how, how did the collaboration happen on the track? Man, uh, you know, we had actually been talking for a long time. Uh, he knew that I was a big fan of his, and and he kept telling me, "Man, just 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 let's do it. You know, let's get together, let's do it." And finally, I had something that I was like, "This this is it." Sure, sure. You know, and okay, and we and we, uh, we came together. We came up with the idea and uh, just buckled it down and got it recorded and turned out great. Man, it sounded great. I loved it. Okay, so now how can people hear it, or can they, or can they download it? Yeah, so that one's actually available as a fan-exclusive download on ReverbNation.com slash Music. Okay. Um, it's available for stream as well uh, okay. with a lot of other tracks. Okay. And then and then what, where can they, can they find you on social media after they've heard it? Yeah, man. After, once they've heard it, you know, they want to get a little taste of more, they can find me on Twitter at Music, on Instagram at jgotham underscore 501. They can find me pretty much anywhere on, you can consider at Music. Okay, just Google it, right? Okay, cool. Nice. Good deal. And then we're going to have you, again, freestyle at the end of the show. So you guys are going to want to definitely, are going to want to stick around for that. Uh, so anyway, so we were talking, you know, before that, we were talking about, uh, you know, the, the triple threat match with the women's for the women's match. And one thing that I was uh, so happy to see was that typically, like we were mentioning before that the women's match was always kind of like the bathroom break. People would even would chant very, very disrespectfully would chant bathroom break during the match. I remember I felt so bad speaking of AJ Lee earlier was that um, after the undertaker match, which, you know, that's, that's, that's the match everybody wants to see. Well, in new Orleans, he lost his streak was broke all the air went out of this giant stadium and they made those girls come out there already with a dis- at a disadvantage and try to follow that and moment. try to follow that and try to get people excited about it. It was the worst. I think Jr. said something really good. He goes, he goes, it wasn't prime real estate in terms of the, uh, <laughs> you know, where it was on the card. Uh, and so that's another, uh, great thing where they're showing more respect is that after the undertaker match this year, it wasn't, the Divas match, it was its own main event. And it, in New Orleans, uh, it was, you know, it's, you could call it lazy booking, but, you know, these people work all year long to be on this giant card. How are you not going to include them? Okay. Right. So, you know, people say a battle royal is kind of like lazy booking. Well, in New Orleans, it was kind of like AJ Lee and I think it was Tamina Snuka, um, who I, again, who I met this year during the WWE community events. And, uh, she was great by the way, um, was, uh, it was like her and AJ Lee versus like the entire like roster. Like that's how like they weren't going to book any, they didn't have time or a place. So it was AJ Lee and Tamina versus like 25 other girls after the undertaker match. So here we are two years later and it was the guys that kind of got a bit of a lazy booking, because it was what is the uh, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, but even that's you could call it lazy. But again, like I said, you know that's thirty guys right there, or twenty guys right. that you don't have to worry about. And then, uh, and you know that you're including, and instead of making it a blow off bathroom break match, they've they've put some work into it. It's a way to honor Andre the Giant. I mean, I cared about this match, didn't you? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and, and one thing I think that they're going to start doing, kind of like a tradition that they've always done with the Royal Rumble, is bringing back some people just for one thing as a surprise to kind of make it special. Uh, see, used to how that tradition started at the Royal Rumble was that when they needed 30 guys for a battle royal, they didn't have 30 guys. So they'd have to bring back, you know, some guy, you know, just to get thrown over the top and be done with it. But people loved that so much that it became this unexpected thing. So this year, uh, there was a lot of of unexpected entrance. It, it kind of felt like the Royal Rumble for a second. You hey, know, yeah. uh, what were some of the surprises? Yeah, man. So you had uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille come out. O'Neal, yeah. Yeah, man, you had uh, Tatanka, T- old Tatanka. See what I'm saying? Like, like that. That, right. that had a very. I mean, I popped 
huge for that. And he stayed around for a while. He did. He he uh, he made it pretty deep into the uh, right. match there. Yeah. Uh, and then, like I said, you know, a lot of people, you know, we'll get into this because we you know we, you know the big Raw after WrestleMania tends to be. Uh, kind of a platform for debuts, but then unexpectedly, uh, Baron Corbin, speaking of NXT, was just there in it and won it. Like, yeah, yeah. so, so I so, definitely wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it, well, you know, you, you know, you didn't know who he really was until we went to the NXT event, right. you know. Uh, but again, and how awesome is this? Big shout out to my to my man Diamond Dallas Page, sixty years young. Entering, you know, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania and looking great and kicking ass. Yeah, and, and looking he fun. really did. He really did. And he, you know, he again, he made a deep run into the match and he sure. looked great. And you know, he, and it's funny. He's a, he, I know that he's a friend of of, of Shaquille's. You know, because I think Shaquille had a very. Uh, I never watched WCW that that, that much, and I, I kind of missed a lot of that. Uh, but I know that Shaquille and him were. I think Shaquille was wasn't Shaquille on WCW for a while. And, he did make a short run in WCW and in yeah. Malone too, did, didn't he? Yeah, he did, okay. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I thought that was really really cool. Uh, you know, Dallas was our very first guest on the show, and and he's been such a, a, a you know an awesome guy and a great supporter of, of the show. And, and we've been a great supporter of him and his and DDP Yoga, and you know he made that movie. Um, uh, about it's called the resurrection of Jake the snake. Uh, and you should definitely look that up, go to Netflix. I, think, I don't know if it's on Netflix, but I believe it is on iTunes. Um, I know it's on video and on demand. It, it may be on Netflix. Uh, don't quote me on that, but you want to Google it. Fantastic. I, you know, I saw it last year at, in, uh, at uh, the slam dance film festival that runs concurrent to the, to the Sundance film festival in Park City, Utah, and they toured with it. Uh, you know, they went everywhere. They were doing great Q and A's afterwards, and it's basically about just how you know, because Dallas has had a second act as you know this you know with this empire he's built doing yoga, and you know, yoga is a word that some people equate with something else that he he has taken control of and owned. I mean, you remember again, like I said, when I because uh, he had actually did a DDP yoga routine that morning. With like 150 people, right outside of Dallas and Addison. And if you remember when, when, when we saw him at the at the WrestleMania after party, I said, "Man, I really, you know, I really wanted us to be there, you know, for the workout routine." And you remember, <laughs> you remember what he said? Right? Yeah, he corrected you real quick. Man. Oh, you know, I mean, he was, of course, he, he was. I mean, he was, you know, being playful, but at the same time, it was right. very serious, playful. When he goes, he goes, "Would you call my shit?" Right. It goes because I, I think I, I said workout routine. I said, man, we really wanted to come to, to the, you know, and to do the workout with you this morning. And he goes, it's called yoga. He goes, you say anything else? He goes, you'll get the diamond cutter. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. so you know, good for him. So you know, seeing him jump in, uh, and you don't even really shouldn't really have to even mention his age. It's just, but you know, but I think that was also kind of like a birthday gift for him. You know, him. So we want to say uh, congratulations and, and happy birthday to, to yeah, Donna Dallas Page. Uh, uh, you know, a, a great person and a, and, a, and a great friend to us. Uh, so anyway, but so I thought that was really, really cool that it didn't have to follow the Undertaker match. And speaking of the Undertaker match, yeah, man, what a hard one to follow. Holy crap! Like, okay, so you know, I definitely think that if Sting had been healthy, that's what should have happened this year. Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with that too. And I think that that was probably what was on pace. Uh, if you don't know, Sting was actually was hurt in a match against Seth Rollins, who tends to hurt everybody. Um, it seems you know he hurt you know he put out John he broke he smashed John Cena's nose. Uh, I you know we may have to you know applaud him for that, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm not one of those John Cena haters. I'm I'm not one of those John Cena lovers either, but I'm not, these people get so wound up about, about him and it's just, it's ridiculous. But um, I definitely think that, that, you know, that that kind of, you know, derailed things a little bit. Um, and so that's, and that's why the John, the, I'm sorry, John Cena, why the, uh, why Shane McMahon to, to include you guys into the storyline here is that Shane McMahon kind of returned kind of out of nowhere. And I think it's because they didn't have an, op- an opponent for The Undertaker. Because, let's see, everybody's hurt. The Wyatt family is, probably, is basically hurt. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, Cena's out. Randy Orton's out. Uh, you know, so, ma- so many people. Uh, so 
And I was surprised by, you know, nothing against Shane, but I was just surprised about how, how popular and how white hot the crowd was for him. And I guess that, you know, and then golly, if that fall that he took off the top of the cage, oh, talk about that for a second. Yeah, man, that was, that was definitely an incredible moment. You know, we, we kind of called it too. We were like, he's looking up, he's about to climb this cage. Oh yeah. That, that great moment whenever he's like laying on the ground and he's looking up and the crowd just kind of loses it because, because they know what's Everybody coming. Everybody knew. And, and you're, you're so right, man. He was so over with that crowd. He was an uh, instant pop. And yeah. But even, even in the lead up though, like a month ago, when they were like when they were you know introducing like out of nowhere his involvement i was kind of like are people gonna be you know that into this and i i couldn't believe that like i mean it was like you would have thought that you know nothing against shame but you would have thought that the rock or stone cold were involved or something which which i you know that's kind of the high bar of of the pops right right definitely yeah and uh you know, I I was shocked by that. A lot of these younger fans, which we all know that that's what WWE targets now. You know, how do they even know Shane like that? You know, he hasn't been around in like seven or eight years. In seven or eight Man. years. But I guess you know those those crazy stunts that he did were uh, very. I guess they left a, 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 an indelible mark. Uh, but yeah, when he dropped from that cage on the top of the Hell in the Cell through the table. It was like because you've seen that McFoley thing over and over again, where the Undertaker throws him off the thing, and Jr. you know explodes right. with he's broken in half, and and it, but it was just so crazy to see that in person. Probably my favorite moment uh, was while we were in the 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 Cricket Wireless Suite was the way the room just everybody just looked at each other. Right. Stunned. Uh, we were in there with some with some with some great people. I was. We were very very fortunate. Everybody was cool. Um, we met so many great people. Uh, basically, it, it was just kind of like you know people that have you know that are very influential, uh, you know, in, on social media or and you know broadcasting uh, about you know pop culture or in, in this case specifically wrestling now as you know our show isn't specifically about wrestling we've had everybody from you know like i said naughty by nature you know we love we love it we love everybody we love hip-hop we had you know we had john schneider um from dukes of hazard and who is now a you know a, a director um now tv star he was you know he was he was superman's dad on smallville so you know so we're not specifically wrestling but it was such a great honor to be uh, you know, chosen to be with, with, with those people. Uh, and I thought it was very cool sitting right next to us, uh, was a YouTube star and, uh, her name is, her name is Lauren, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about her just a little bit here her, on Twitter. She's, I think she's goes by uh, it's L U G E. So I don't know if that's luge or Lugie or, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, no, you know, no disrespect there, but uh, she's L U G E Y P S four which obviously lends itself to some like, like a video game kind of thing. And she's got like a quarter of a million followers on YouTube. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the thing, you know, is like these, these YouTubers and, and, you know, and like we're podcasters and it's just, you know, it's like the, the geeks have truly inherited the earth. <laughs> um, but she was so much fun. Her brother was, was there. Uh, he's also Mikey Ace. And I think it's M I K E Y Ace studios. He's on Twitter. Uh, check them out. I was, I was, you know, they made that so much fun. Uh, again, everybody was so great. I want to give a shout out to Lauren Thomas from 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 Cricket Wireless that actually invited us. We were her, we were her guest. Um, but there were, you know, those those guys that were from behind us, and I think that those guys might have been. Were those guys Americans or were they? Uh, you know, I I, I wasn't I really sure. I'm, you know, but Lugi and her uh, Lug and her Lauren. I was going to say Lauren. Lauren and her brother Mikey. Um, were from Brooklyn. She had that classic Brooklyn look. She had right. the backwards hat. She just had that. You know, I lived in, in Brooklyn for eight years. And uh, so it was so great to be able to share that um, with her. And, and I think one of my favorite moments uh, when, uh, when John Cena came out and man, she exploded. Yeah. I mean, she lost her marbles. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, I mean, what, 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 a, what, a, what a great moment just being in that stadium with, all those people and, and just the, just the explosion of, you know, you got, you know, two of the biggest stars from two different eras, you know, the rock and, and John Cena. And I think the rocks main primary, uh, you know, thing other than just making an appearance 
and I kind of called this one, if you remember, was at some point, one of my favorite things is when they announced the attendance. And that's kind of a fun thing anyway, no matter what. But it's even more fun when you knew that they were going for a record. And uh, it didn't break the all-time indoor attendance record that I, ha- I actually happened to be at, at that stadium for the NBA All-Star Game, which I believe was in 2010 or 9. But when he came out and told everybody that they had broken the all-time WrestleMania attendance record of a hundred and like two, almost 103,000 people. It's just, it's hard to explain what it's like being around that many people at one time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole nother world and you know, 103, you know, 103,000 people, like you can't even calculate how, how, powerful that is sure when you have those type of moments and those type of surprises and the way that crowd just erupts well yeah and just seeing a hundred thousand people like paying attention to one person that's kind of a strange amazing thing to see i you know obviously i'm older than you are and i grew up in the 80s and so for me uh you know WrestleMania three will always be the one you know i mean even though now technically WrestleMania 32 is bigger Um, but you know, I grew up with the image of, you know, of course, you know, Hogan and Andre and, you know, at that time it set a world indoor attendance record. Now, a lot of people say that was kind of a work, but, but still I grew up fantasizing about being at the Pontiac Silverdome in 1987 versus many three when there were 93,000 people. Now, since then they've come, you know, a little close to it. I think that they had like 80,000 people like 20 years later in, in Detroit when they did it at WrestleMania 23. And, you know, at WrestleMania 25, I think there was like over 70,000, you know. So I was, if I couldn't be at WrestleMania 3, I was proud to say that I was at the event that actually broke the world, in, that, that world indoor tennis record, which was the NBA All-Star game. Uh, and so it didn't break that one, uh, but uh, it, so so not only was I uh, at the World Indoor Tennis Record Breaker, but I was also at the WrestleMania Tennis Breaker. So uh, so I finally kind of got to relive that vicariously. So you know it may not seem like a big deal, but for me that, that number meant a lot, and I was very very proud to be a part of that. Um, and so of course, obviously that set the stage um, at the end for the main event, which was. Triple H, you know, the current champion uh, versus Roman Reigns. Now, Triple H historically has always had the most in, you know, besides the Undertaker, of course, like the craziest entrances that are just the most theatrical almost in terms of just and I and the and they get even crazier and even more pageantry like each year because I mean, he's he's the focus. He's the man, you know. Uh, and this year was crazy. Talk a little bit about that. What, what did you think about that? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, when they when they first came out, like it was something that you wouldn't even expect to be seeing at that wrestling event. You know, they had the huge uh, sc- uh, tower there yeah. with Stephanie sitting on top in a throne. Yeah. And she's stepping up and saying, hey, look, we are the reason that you're here. You yeah. know, and, but and she just, was in total character. Though. She, she was like she was not. She, she was not Stephanie. She was not. Uh, even it was like, it was like this, this comic book character thing where she recited all this fantastical dialogue. Uh, it didn't really fit, fit the current storyline. It, it fit more of like, like a comic book version of his King of Kings character. It was like, she was, she was like, it was almost, almost like she was saying like, hear ye, hear ye. Cause she was speaking in a very like old, uh, like old, that old, old English, test, you know, yeah. English kind of way. Um, and I thought it worked. She looked great. Uh, you know, it's the end of the show. There's 100,000 people there. And, of course, when Roman Reigns came out, the place booed him to Stone Age. Like, and now I, I know why they do that, but I wanted to hear what are, you, what, what, what are your thoughts on why they boo Roman yeah, Reigns? Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. And, you know, I, I get that it's more of a trend now to boo him and that they don't even really hate him. But, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where if you're doing your job and you're doing your job well – and you're doing your job well in front of 103,000 people yeah. and hearing every single one of them basically saying you suck, you know, that that has to be a little disheartening, right? Well, sure. But I, I think the reason why they do it is this. Is it, you know, he's got a great look. 
Um, and you know, and, and you know, he's got he's got a great lineage. He's part of the Enwa family, you know, that includes you know the Rock, and uh, his dad was one of the Wild Samoans, and so he's got all that you know that second and third generation thing happening. Again, he and he looks like a freaking action figure. Uh, but the unfortunate thing is, is that when the bell rings, he's just so bland, and on the mic. He's not good. Some of that is not his fault, though. Because I think what the deal is is if they just let him talk and let him be himself, it would be a lot better. But I don't think it's going to be enough. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, I don't think it's going to be enough to the point where it's like even because I think you can see when he's talking, he's trying to memorize dialogue, and that's if you remember at the Hall of Fame. When the Freebirds uh, were inducted, which was, you know, the reason why we were there, of course, growing up in Texas. And uh, when Michael Hayes was giving a shout out, he mentioned about how he wanted to thank the writers. And he even disclaimed that you guys aren't going to like this. And the reason why people don't like it is in this era, instead of like nobody wrote the, that famous line that Austin, Steve Austin said that begat Austin 316. You know, we were explaining this to Lauren on the way out. That it, it came to the ring, uh, I forget what year, I think it was like 97 or something, and uh, he delivers a line where he, you know, about, you know, Austin 316 says, I just kicked your ass. Well, the reason why it got over so well and it's so memorable because it was real. It was him. It was just Steve Austin with the volume turned up. That's all it is. It's himself. He's talking or whatever. No, no writer in the back wrote that. No writer could write that because it's a natural Thing that you can't script. Uh, I remember Austin talking about WrestleMania 30 that they had written dialogue for him. Could you imagine? And he did the appropriate thing and he widened it up and he threw it in their faces. Oh, in their face, yeah. So I think the problem is, is it is that that's why because now we live in this era where these we have the, they've hired these script writers, and and he is probably the Roman Reigns is probably the, the worst about you can just see him trying to memorize all of his lines and he's he's not a, he's not an actor. Like Jim Cornette said, you know, all these people want to be these Broadway stars and actors instead of just being wrestlers. And, and, and you know, um, so uh, and so that that's where he suffers is because he's not a good talker. And when the bell rings, he's not the greatest worker and that his moves look kind of silly and, and it's not that involved. But I think the main thing is it's resentment. Like people like Daniel Bryan got over so well because he's you know he's more you know do you know anybody that looks like Roman Reigns you don't he looks right. like again like a superhero Daniel Bryan is somebody they can relate to Daniel Bryan can also wrestle well okay and he's so what the deal is is that they're trying to force Roman Reigns down everybody's throat and so the booing is just a rejection of that. It's not necessarily a, just, a, a, just a rejection of him per se, but it's just a rejection thing of like we're smarter than that. We're not going to cheer for the person. We're not gonna we're not gonna eat what you serve us. We're gonna we're gonna pick. And the more that you try to force feed us this, the more we're going to rebel. So I think that that's what the boo is. Right, yeah, definitely that that rebellion behind it, and we kind of talked about like, man, they've got to turn him heel. Like, they have to pick mm-hmm. up on that, or his his longevity in the business is not going to be there. Totally. Well, I mean, like the fans booing that that they they tell you he's a heel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, and I think he would get over way better with a heel, but again, would John see his exit soon? Which it seems like it's sooner than later. Um, you have to think that. There's somebody that they're looking for to fill that role, the Make a Wish guy, the and those guys can't be heels ever. John, I mean that's why John Cena will will never be a heel. It just it will not work, you know. Uh, but all in all, WrestleMania, uh, a great, great, great event. Uh, I, I can't say enough about the hospitality that we were we were shown again from from Cricket, Cricket Wireless and the Cricket Nation and and, uh, and Lauren Thomas. Um, and but you know and uh, I just thought that was just you know just it was so great for me you know being in my hometown uh, you know finally coming to Dallas for the first time and and getting to enjoy it that way um, was and you know was, was very very special and I was very very happy that you were there and 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 we got to share that together as well. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to uh, when we come back we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame 
and uh, a few other events. Uh, right now, I wanted to tell you, uh, you know, we talked about where we can where we can find you. Well, we're gonna tell you about where, where you can find me. Uh, if you talk about growing up in the '80s and you're an old wrestling fan, uh, you might remember the gorgeous ladies of wrestling and Glow. Okay, and you're way you're too young for this, but okay. the, but I, I I implore you to look this up. There's a great documentary that that could, that could introduce you to it actually. Um, uh, called it's called Glow, the, the the story of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. You wouldn't have to even be a wrestling fan to enjoy this. It's fantastic. I didn't get to see it until two years after it came out because I didn't know about it. And uh, and after seeing it, it led me to finding out about this thing called the Cauliflower Alley Club that has a, a yearly gathering, which is actually going to be actually next week on April the 11th in Las Vegas. And um, and that's where I met all the Glow Girls, and now I'm kind of an honorary member of that family. And I oh, wow. and, and they've. Um, I've been I've spent a lot of time with them and at very events and so we've you know I'm going to get to be a part of this great event uh, called the Afterglow Fan Cruise happening March 22nd it leaves out of Los Angeles going to Catalina Island for four days we're going to be doing this show there live on the boat with two different Glow Girls each and every single day and then uh, you know you know I, I I come I also come from hip hop. And, 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 and many other different genres of music, but, you know, I've been, you know, I put on my DJ tricky kid hat and one of the, one of the original glow girls was a girl named MTV. So her and I are going to do an eighties disco on the last day of the cruise. <laughs> That'll but, be amazing. But all your favorite glow girls are going to be there. All the original ones, Matilda the Hun, Roxy Astor, uh, Sunny, the California girl is going to be giving surf lessons. Uh, Hollywood's going to have a casino night. Um, it's going to be fantastic. That's going to be amazing. How, how, how can I, how can I get in on that? Well, here's what you do. Go to afterglow at C.com. That's afterglow at C.com. Or just type in cruise planners or just type in afterglow fan cruise. Uh, mention tricky kid. That's T R I C K Y K I D. Okay, you'll get a discount as well as some onboard spending cash. Again, it leaves May twenty second. We're only six weeks away, so book your cabin now. Uh, okay, now getting back to this uh, again, my favorite event of the entire WrestleMania week, uh, regardless of what city it's in, if I'm there or not, is the Hall of Fame. If I could only go to one event. Uh, it would be the Hall of Fame, and the reason why, as you saw, because this was this was because this was your first Hall of this Fame. This was right? my first Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, was it's just a great night. It's real. It's emotional. It's powerful. It honors, you know, people that deserve it. And what's so cool about it is that it's not storyline. It's not as they say kayfabe. It's not, and and they're there with all of their families, with all of their peers. And it's kind of like the Oscars, you know, like Maria Menounos is there hosting and there's a red carpet event that precedes it. And then, um, you know, and then you get to see all the wrestlers filing in, you know, from, you know, past, present. Uh, and then, of course, the, the inductees families. And um, it's just a great night because they get to come out and tell stories. They're not trying to get over. They're not, you know, there's no blurred storyline they're not you know trying to be heels or baby faces it's just a, a chance to humanize them and see them and that's what's so great about it that's what because that's what it does yeah absolutely and you had told me that you know going into it that that's your favorite event of the right. weekend and you know i got to experience that for the first time and and definitely saw what you're talking about man it's so emotional because yeah. they are there they're they're being honored in front of their family and their friends not their colleagues and you know it's or, yeah 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 you think it's a, it's a, it's a and for, for a lot of them it's probably probably going to be the last time that they're ever you know commanding the attention of an arena full of people so it's emotional on that on that aspect as well because think about it i mean like you know when you know a lot of them you know they're not going to be standing in an arena on a microphone where twenty thousand people are going to be at you know at, at their behest like that and so it's it, it's a great moment that you know for their families, especially people that have passed, like the you know, like the big boss man. It was uh you know it was great to see his family. Um, and you know somebody like Jackie who's from Dallas and getting honored in Dallas in front of her family. Uh, and speaking of Dallas, like I said, my whole reason for being there 
I'd have gone no matter who was in there because I love the event so much. But at long last, the fabulous Freebirds are the Hall of Famers. And again, I grew up in the 80s, so and I grew up in Texas. So, um, you know, the Freebirds versus the Von Erics, my favorite feud of all time. Um, Michael Hayes has been a, a employee of the WWE for over 20 years. And uh, so to see them finally go in, unfortunately, Buddy Roberts and Terry Gordy that make up the other two members of the Freebirds you know, have, have long been passed on. And the honorary member, uh, Jimmy Garvin, they went ahead and inducted him as well. I, th- I think it was just to, like, you know, that was the only way he was going to get included. I think Michael Hayes had a lot to do with that. But also it was neat to say, hey, we were inducted the Freebirds, and there's only one of them up there. We need, we need two. Uh, and he was virtually unrecognizable, was he not? <laughs> he really was, man. He has aged terribly. I, I almost thought it was like, you know, like how, like, how, like, Big Boss Man's family came out. I was like, is this like the family member of Terry Gordy? And because uh, Michael Hayes with a hat on still looks like Michael Hayes. He's got long blonde hair. He's got the beard. He's strutting and and looking good and and everything else. And uh, so I God, Jimmy Garvin. <laughs> Uh, congratulations, Jimmy. Uh, but, uh, my brother, we need to, we need to get you, uh, we need to get you, uh, I don't know, like a sequin jacket and a, and a toupee or something, man, but, but, uh, much respect and, and, and love to them. And, and one thing I thought was so cool is that I don't think that they rushed anybody. Uh, but you know how that can tend to go very, very long, but you know, the free birds have waited long enough. They're in Dallas. They're in their hometown. Michael Hayes is an employee. They just really let them let them go. They did bring out family members, uh, but so importantly uh, that I thought was, and I was so happy to see, because I thought that the person that should have inducted them was the only living member of the Von Erich family, which is Kevin Von Erich. But I know that he lives in Hawaii, and I didn't know if it was going to be possible or whatever. And so a lot of people were surprised that you know the New Day, this this new tag team that's Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, and Biggie Langston, which are pretty much basically the new edgy Christian, basically. Uh, who, by the way, if you haven't seen WrestleMania, you must just to see them coming out of a giant box of cereal uh, that they have named Bootios. Uh, so, that, you know, what a, what a perfect moment that was. Anyway, uh, so I was kind of like, man, I, you know, you know, and Kevin Von Erich's a Hall of Famer. So, you know, and, you know, last time we were at WrestleMania the night before, Oh, last time you and I were at WrestleMania together and Houston and WrestleMania 25, uh, the night before the Von Erics got inducted. And, you know, and so when, when, uh, Michael Hayes and, inv- you know, invited Kevin Von Erich up on stage and to see him there, uh, I, I was already emotional. And that for me, cause again, just seeing that moment. And again, that was, you know, probably the very last time you're going to see Michael Hayes and Kevin Von Erich on a stage together in an arena together, uh, in Dallas or anywhere else in the world, you know, let's hope not, you know, and, but, uh, and then framing it was, it was like one of those perfect moments where you hope this is going to happen, but you know, it's not, there's no way it can happen. Uh, when he actually got on the mic and he sang bad street USA, (laughs) Yeah, man, that was an incredible moment, and you know, like you said, that's a thing of dreams. You you would you want it to happen, but, but never but you're expect. Like, There's that to no way they're gonna let Michael Hayes sing a song, a 30 year old song that you know, and uh, and 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 he did. And I was a nine year old. I was nine year nine years old again. Uh, you can see I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Um, that was beyond amazing and beyond perfect and uh and congratulations to the to the Freebirds and um i can't thank them enough for how much great memories they've given me over the years especially a kid growing up in texas and uh so okay so you know one other thing i wanted to mention was you know again there were so many other events that happened uh that i wanted to talk a little bit about whatever i i actually started on i said on Wednesday with the community event. Then, and on Thursday, uh, there's a local promoter here that got named David Fuller, who has a promotion called IHWE. You should look them up as well. And they have partnered with 
because the NWA folks is actually still alive. There's a guy named Bruce Stark that, that owns it, and he still has a promotion, and it was a joint promotion with uh, with IHWE, and they had something, speaking of, of what I mentioned, is, is the Von Erics, uh, is a thing called, they brought back the Parade of Champions. If you are a wrestling historian, especially from Texas, you would know that the biggest crowd for wrestling, um, other than WrestleMania yesterday, I mean on Sunday, um, was at the old Texas stadium. It was the David Von Erich Memorial. David Von Erich had just died. And, you know, the Von Erichs were at the top of their game and they had brought Ric Flair to the promotion. who was the NWA champion at the time who was at the top of his height of his fame. And it was Kerry Von Erich versus Ric Flair at the old Texas stadium in front of like 40,000 people. Now compared to the sportatorium where they held their, their weekly show, that place holds like 4,000. So four to 40,000 gives you an idea of what an emotional moment. And that was the first annual David Von Erich Memorial, and it was called the Parade of Champions. So on Thursday, they had, you know, NWA continued the Parade of Champions tradition. And it was at the old Ridgely Theater, and it was the best event that IHW has ever done. I met so many great people. Bill Apter was there. Uh, Jim Cornette was there. Did a long two-hour Q&A to open the show where if you know who Bill Apter is, if you were ever a – again, if you were a kid like me who grew up in the 80s and you read Pro Wrestling Illustrated or The Wrestler or Inside Wrestling, he was he was the guy. And he's still the guy, man. So big shout-out to, to Bill Apter who has a great book out um, called uh, Is Wrestling Broken? I, uh, no, Is Wrestling Fixed? I Didn't Know It Was Broken. And he was kind enough to uh, – I, I got to spend a lot of time with Bill and um, – and, uh, and he's put, actually putting together uh, – uh, uh, we're going to collaborate on a project actually coming up. He's going to be a guest on the show soon too, so uh, be looking forward to that. But he gave a great um, tribute to me in, in, in my copy of the book. And you know, I had a birthday recently, and he wished me happy birthday. And so so thank you, Bill, for that. But he was there doing the Q&A. Uh, he was the one that was going around to the fans and asking them, you know, letting them ask the question to Jim Cornette. He was moderating the whole thing. Lots of great talent. There's a girl named America Strong. Um, she was has the best look. She made such an impact. Bright, bright future. Promoters, I implore you not to sleep uh, on this amazing new talent. You should be booking her now and regularly. She is amazing. Uh, lots of great stuff. There was... Um, uh, you know, Shelton Benjamin made this great surprise. Charlie Haas was in the main event, and and you know he gets a lot of heat. He's from Dallas, and and people will always shout like Shelton was better because they were a tag team for a while. And he gets angry and he leaves and he goes to the curtain only for Shelton Benjamin to be, uh, you know, making him return. The crowd went crazy. Like it was, it was, it was, you know, it was a real event. Um, uh, Veda Scott, another great female competitor. She was there. Um, and then, uh, just so much stuff there. So de definitely check them out. Uh, finally actually got, speaking of female wrestlers, I finally, finally got to attend a shimmer event, which was off the charts, man. Yeah. 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 What, were, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, w I'd never been to a shimmer event just as, as you and, uh, it was, uh, it was beyond expectation. Totally. Now, and so who was your favorite Shimmer Girl? Uh, you know, I think it had to be Cherry Bomb. It had to be. No question. Um, and that was that was so funny because whenever we, we were checking and getting our credentials, uh, you know, I you know I, I knew it was her, and she was behind the counter. So when I walked up to get the credentials, she was, you know, she's who I handed my ID to. Right. And. Uh, and so I think she's awesome, but it was so great. So much great talent there. Cheerleader Melissa there. Again, Veda Scott, it was there. Uh, Leva Bates, who has wrestled as Blue Pants in NXT. And she's been there for a while, too. Um, so, and again, of course, and Cherry Bomb. And so getting to finally see, you know, and seeing them set up in that Eddie Dean's, that, that barbecue restaurant, whatever. And it, geographically, it was perfect because it was across the street from the convention center where Access was. And so you could just, I mean, it, it worked, man. And they had a great, you know, Gabe Sapolsky has um, from WNN um, and Evolve. 
there were so many great events that they had there. They had, you know, the big Kaiju, big battle at midnight, uh, Shimmer. They had the Mercury Rising thing. You know, they had a bunch of Evolve events. I mean, they, they literally put on like something like six shows or something in two days in that wow. place. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just a great, a great, great thing. And, uh, you know, and what was funny was we, you know, we had such a, a, a long day. We, we did, you know, we did Shimmer before the Hall of Fame. And then after the Hall of Fame, we, speaking of geography, we, and in taking over the whole town, we walked over to House of Blues for ringside with Jim Ross. Uh, now, I should tell people that it didn't start till almost midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and you're talking about rowdy wrestling fans. He had done a 4, a 4 p.m. show that I heard was pretty good. I, I saw it in New Orleans two years ago, and I think it was actually his very first show. I think I actually saw the very first show. This, and I don't, and, I, and this actually was to its credit. This thing was supposed to be a Q and A that devolved into this wild late night party. Uh, first of all, you know, Rob Van Dam comes out, who's not really has his squeaky clean image, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and next thing you know, there's these rowdy fans are bringing shots to the stage and it, it never totally went off the rails. Do you agree? Uh, and, and I think and it could have and it could have derailed the whole thing. But it actually was the charm of it because you felt like that you were like, OK, this has never happened before and this is never going to happen again. Right. Yeah. They were right on that borderline. But I think they 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 edged it out just perfectly. Right. And, right. and then and then to, to double down on the troublemakers here comes Jeff Hardy and Shane Gregory Helms, uh, two degenerates from, from North Carolina, uh, <laughs> great talents. Uh, but you know, not exactly, uh, again, the, you know, the Bob Backlands of the world. Uh, and so, uh, you know, so again, like I said, it, it, it could have been like the four o'clock show where it's an hour long and, you know, a bunch of wrestling nerds ask a bunch of nerdy wrestling questions. It became this kind of bacchanalian like <laughs> debauchery thing, and 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 man, Van Dam was uh, just in in his element. Man, it was yeah. after midnight and in Jim, rare form. I don't know about rare form. I think he was. <laughs> I think he was at home actually in that in that regard. So anyway, um, but that was that was crazy. Like I said, and it was it was it, it felt special. Didn't it? And because I mean, it was two o'clock in the freaking morning and, you know, the crowd was just wild. They had a long day. You know, they were looking forward to WrestleMania the next thing. So, you you know, you could could feel, you know, the, you know, the, the, the adrenaline there. Wanted to give a shout out to my friend Russell uh, there at House of Blues, because remember when we got there, uh, all the chairs were taken and and, uh, he welcomed us into the sound booth and grabbed us a couple of stools. And we actually watched the show together and, um, you know, and for you know, for a guy like you who who works in music, it w- wasn't it great to see that amazing soundboard. Absolutely, man. He's working with some great equipment, and he knows what he's doing with it. It was yeah. it was excellent, and and thank you again uh, if you're listening. Yeah, Russell, thank you for that, man. You made that very special for us, and 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 we thank you. And and speaking of which, I am now going to hold you to the challenge. So, okay. uh, whenever you're ready. <laughs> I, okay, uh, this is going to be the 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 tricky kid freestyle challenge. Oh man, with Jay Skinner. All right, man. Well, let me see if I can come up with something. Um, <clears throat> okay, <laughs> or we could do it acapella. <laughs> acapella sounds good. Go for it. All right. Um, now, usually I don't write like this, but the game done changed, so you might like this. Bare your teeth. I'm a bite like this. Heart of a warrior. Fight like this, and I'm more than a man. Mortal I am, but I'm bored of this bland lifestyle right now. Don't fit in, something missing. Wish your mom would have had that abortion again. Whoa. But I can't give it up. Back on the wall and I can't get enough. Grind till I'm on and I can't go home because the fans at my door and they ain't giving up. No. They just want to show love to me. They don't know no better. Time and time again when I try to let them in, paranoia set in, I just won't let up. Hey, good stuff, man. <laughs> uh, wow, that was heavy and deep and all, at, all at the same time. Okay, well, thank you so much for that. And again, I want to thank my, excuse me here, I'm trying to grab this mic here. Uh, so I wanted to thank you for that. I wanted to thank, wanted to thank my, my co-host and special guest combined. That's a, that's a first. Uh, again, Jay Skinner. And again, Jay, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, that's at 
J Skinner Music on Twitter. That's ReverbNation.com slash J Skinner Music. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at J Gotten underscore 501. Perfect. Okay. Now, and also where you can find us is on Tricky on Twitter. You can find us at the handle TrickyKid2. That's T-R-I-C-K-Y-K-I-D in the number two. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrickyKidRadioPodcast. Uh, go to iTunes. The show is free. Subscribe. You can download this episode and every other episode will magically appear every Wednesday in your app or iTunes uh, folder there. And also, uh, so, you know, get it, join it, enjoy it. Uh, dude, next week we're going to have the Melvins, the legendary Melvins. Uh, you're not going to want to miss that one. We had the best time uh, with, with those guys, uh, next week is, I, you know, again, I don't want to say one episode is better than the other, but do not miss that one. Uh, again, I wanted to thank cricket wireless and, um, uh, for having us at WrestleMania. It was a great event, uh, to all those that attended WrestleMania and all of its events in uh, in Dallas this week. I hope everybody got home safe and safe travels to everybody. Uh, to all the work everybody put into all those events to make it such a memorable thing uh, for the fans and, and everybody alike, uh, you know, my hat's off to you. I know how much work goes into that. Uh, so until next time, uh, again, for uh, my co-host, Jay Skinner. Yes, sir. I'm Roy Turner, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>